0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Glad you're all here. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Psalms, chapter 90. Psalms, chapter 90. Today I want to talk to you about our cause. Our cause. The name of our church is One Cause Church. And I want to dip us back into a scripture here in a little bit, of the scripture that inspired us to use uh, this name and to come up with this name. But uh, before we do, I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you about. One, this uh, young boy, he's a four-year-old boy, was riding on a bus with his mom. And uh, he says in a voice that everybody on the bus could hear, mom, look at that man's nose. It looks so funny. The mother's very embarrassed about it. So she scolds her son and then she whispers in his ear, son. Uh, you, you can't do that out loud. If you want to talk about somebody, wait till we get home or at least to a place where nobody else can hear. Okay. we we'll here in a little bit. He says in that same loud voice, mom, remind me to talk about that big fat lady when we get home today. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I got that off my chest for you today. And number two, this one is a little more serious. Um, uh, Pastor Derek and Jennifer, our campus pastors in Dallas, are making a change. Our, our whole ministry is making a change concerning them and that congregation. Today they are announcing uh, to their church, to that location, that they are going independent. And uh, Derek and Jennifer are, are ready to be senior pastors and so uh, we've been talking for several weeks now and, and very excited about their next move, their next place. And so I met with the board about six weeks ago, and um, I told them that I feel like it's, it's good for us as a, as a body here, knowing that we have a building yet to build on this property, um, that we should just sow this building to them. The one that we have there in Dallas, let's just give it to them. And so into our future here, and uh, they unanimously said yes to that. So uh, we are we are giving that church building away, and I want you to just be an expectation. I want all of you to hear this so that you can be praying, and not only for for us and in, in our future here, but for Derek and Jennifer and for their their church. They're going to be changing the name eventually, and, and we'll um, announce that to you too. But we're just really excited about their new place in in ministry, their new place in life. And uh, it's it's a bit bittersweet, but more sweet than bitter. And um, we're just excited about the new chapter and and all of them who are serving there. The, the church has grown just wonderfully. They've really integrated into that community. As I've told you before, that, that neighborhood there is around 80%, last I checked, was around 80% Hispanic. And uh, so they're, they're in the neighborhood every week. They're doing lots of outreach, caring for the people. And and I've just become an, an integral part of that community. And so we felt it was good for them to just to move on in their vision. And, and as a result, I mean, just vision has burst forth with them. And they're ready to take a new, a new step in, another, in a new direction. Actually, it's, it's really just launching further from where they are at this point. So we just bless them. We wanna, so I, I just want to, if you want to send them a text or a call and just tell them you're thinking about them and, and you're excited about them and praying for their new venture. Amen. We're very excited for them. So, hallelujah. Have you found, uh, where do I say to go? Psalms. Psalms chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. I think we're going to start in verse 12. I've got a few scriptures that we're going to go over today with you and talking about our cause. But I want to start here first. Psalms chapter 90 verse 12. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The, the King James says that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I believe that all of us here in this place today, and even those listening by podcast and living our lives, we would all choose to have wisdom. Am I in the right church? We we'll all choose to have the wisdom of God in our lives because there's no premium to living in the land of stupid. I've camped there a few times. One of the characteristics of wisdom is that we learn to number our days. Life that we have is an absolute gift from God, and today and every day is, is not something to be wasted or trivialized, but understood that it is a gift from God. You know, some people went to bed last night and didn't wake up this morning, but you did and you're here and What will you do with these years, with these months and days and hours that the Lord has graciously given to you? Um, What cause, if any, will define your life? What legacy will you leave behind? The answers to these questions lies within each and every one of you here today. There are many causes in life. Some of them very good, some of them very positive, some of them not so good um, some some causes are you know for a month, some for a day. This guy over here, David Garner, talked me into doing a Spartan race with him a little over a week ago. He and his daughter Camille and me and my daughter laurel uh we We went down to Burnett, Texas and did this nine plus mile obstacle course um and and and, as, and, and I know why I'm doing it, because at my age, I need to have goals like this, just for my own body's sake, just to help me remember what I can do and what I can't do at this point in my life, and try to do as much as can do and get rid of the can't dos. And it's this kind of challenge that will, that will open your eyes. And what I found out just personally is I can do more than I think I can do. I can go longer than I think I can go, but, but it's, those miles don't make up themselves. It's, you have to have this mindset that you've got to finish it. My whole goal, the whole cause was to just finish the thing, and it was great because when we got the medal around our neck at the end, it was, it was awesome, and we were, we were spent, and then this guy, David and uh, Camille, get up the next day. We came home. They get up the next day and do it again. Now that's, a, that's another level of insane, but... Very inspiring, but and that was for a day though. That was for a day. That was for but this. What cause is it that's because cause these kinds of things are pulling on us. They're pulling on our commitments. They're pulling on our passion. They're pulling on our time. They're they're pulling on our money. And when the cause, this cause that I'm going to speak of is embraced and it's realized, it will impact every area. Of your life, There are all kinds of family causes, work causes, social causes, but there's a greater one than all of these. And when this cause is lived, it gives real meaning, it gives purpose, and it gives direction to every day. You are who you are, and you are where you are today, mostly because of the choices that you've made in your life. They've brought you here to this moment in time. The cause that we all aspire to as believers, that we aspire to as a church, is a cause that will set our children on a path to success. It's a cause that will help us to be a blessing to other people. And this cause is the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, he was put on trial. And it was, a, it was a mockery of a trial. It was a kangaroo court, actually. They did it at night, which was illegal. And they mocked him, and they ridiculed him, and they spit in his face, and they beat him, and they accused him of all kinds of things. And Jesus stood there silently, not defending himself. It was extraordinary. And after all of that, he gets brought before, after they had decided the high priest and the chief, uh, the rulers, uh, the Jewish leaders, they decided that he was worthy of death. Then they sent him to the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. And we're going to pick up here in John chapter 18 and look at this conversation. Pilate therefore said to him, verse 37, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into this world. Extraordinary words from Jesus. I mean, he he knew with certainty why he was here, and he said it with conviction as he declared, I was born for this cause. And this cause was so right that Jesus was willing to die for it. His entire life is summarized in this statement I was born for this cause. It's for this cause. That I came into the world, what is that cause? Well, Jesus knew what was coming after he said that. He knew what was happening next. He knew that that uh, Pontius Pilate would turn him over to the Roman scourge where they would they would chain his hands down and expose his back and they would lay stripe upon stripe upon uh, upon his back and they would tear his flesh away time and time and time again to where it says the scripture says that he his his visage was so marred that he was unrecognizable as a man and he knew that that cross was coming And he knew he would have to endure the crown of thorns being crushed down upon his head and that nails would pierce his wrists and his feet. He knew that that was coming and yet he could stand there before all of that and say, this is why I'm here. For this cause I came into this world. Everyone, everyone is born With a cause, but not everybody knows or is made aware of that cause. God does not want you to live a life full of potential, He doesn't want you to die full of potential. He wants you to enjoy this life and live this life at maximum. He came to give you that life and give it to you more abundantly. And he wants you to live your life by something and for something worth dying for. And when his cause sustains you, your life will be lived at its greatest potential. Now listen, I understand that your birth might not have been an ideal birth. Mom and dad might not have been meaning for your existence. They just wanted to have some fun. But then you showed up. However it happened, and some of you were planned out meticulously by mom and dad. Mom and dad had to work very hard to get you here. But whatever the case, whether your, your birth was ideal or planned or not, the truth is God knew you were coming. God knew you were coming. Not only that he knew you were coming, but he knew you. I want you to look at Jeremiah chapter 1 for just a moment. I was really blessed to be raised in the home I was, I was raised in. And I realize now, in, you at know, this point in my life, not everybody had the kind of parents that I did and do have. Uh, and it took me quite a while to understand that. Stephen and I both grew up together, and, and we have a good friend in high school that he didn't have a very good home situation. And his, his dad called him all kinds of names, and it was a rough situation and abused him from time to time. And I remember him telling me, now I didn't know all of that at this time. All I knew is that we were all going to school together and we were all in a private school together. And he told me one day, he said, Eric, you're so lucky to have the parents you have, man. You have no idea. You have no idea. I, I mean, if I could move in your house today, I would do it. And of course, I just thought, until my dad beats you one time <laughs> and you won't want to live here anymore, I can guarantee you that. Because I saw my parents as every teenage does, as constricting. I saw my parents as strict and way over the top. I saw my parents as not really understanding what the real world was like. So, so I was always comparing other parents to my parents. Well, that, their parents let them do that. and I've heard this in my house now. <laughs> no one else is like y'all. Get over it. You'll be thankful for it someday. And so I can remember, like, I, and I just didn't understand, I just didn't understand why he would say those kind of words to me, because I just kind of assumed everybody had good parents, maybe a bit sheltered, but it wasn't until later on. And that moment really opened my eyes to that reality, and more and more I, I understood just how blessed I was. I never had, to, never had to endure my dad coming home drunk, not one night, maybe physical abuse, People would call it physical abuse today. We just called it a whooping back then, and I deserved every bit of it. I'm grateful to God for it. Amen. We should do it a lot more. Yeah. Moms and dads should do it a lot more today. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Amen. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you didn't get good parents. Maybe you were raised with a bunch of flaky people. Whatever whatever the case, your heavenly father knew that you were coming, and he knew you before you were conceived in your mother's womb. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1 for just a moment. God has, absolutely has a plan, and he has a purpose for your life, which is greater than your family. Uh, And his purpose and plan is greater than all the mistakes that you ever have made or ever will make. So no matter how you began or how you ended up where you are today, at this moment, it is not nearly as important as where you're going from here. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1 verse 4 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Did you catch that? Before. Before mom and dad came together, before sperm met egg, God knew you. He knew everything about you too. He knew the good, the bad, the ugly and everything else. He knew about the mistake. He knew, and yet he knew you, and yet he had a purpose. Before, I, before you were born, I sanctified you. Or other words, before you were born, I've set you apart to myself. See, you had nothing to do with any of this. This was God's choosing. this was God's doing. God chose to do this. God chose to know you. God chose to sanctify you and separate you to himself before you were conceived, before you were born. Isn't this good? God didn't call you when you were born. He called you to himself before you were ever conceived. And you were born because your father in heaven had a plan for you on planet earth. And that what you were born for was his cause and his kingdom. So whatever messes that you might have found yourself in, or maybe even be in today, let me just tell you something. I've got some good news for you who think that everything's too messy to, for you to even relate to God or have God have anything to do with you. Jesus Christ was born in a very messy place, very messy, smelly place. His beginning was that, so that you could relate to him and he could relate to you. All right? And, and not only that, but he was brought up, raised up under a cloud of constant scrutiny, Now, the scriptures don't tell us much about his childhood. I mean, but come on, the words had to get out eventually. When they noticed that Jesus didn't look like Joseph, and he didn't carry his dad's name. You know that the school kids were having some fun with this. Yeah, there's there's the kid whose mom was a virgin when she had him. That's the story. You know things were said. And so Jesus came up under that. And even when he grew up and got into his ministry at the age of 30 years old, it wasn't long before they're trying to kill him. They're taking up stones to throw at him. One one place it says they tried to throw him over the side of a cliff. They're trying to get rid of him. They hated him. They ridiculed him. They're always questioning his authority and always trying to catch him in his words. And yet he's so cool, calm, and collected. Uh, Because he has a cause. He had a cause that kept pulling him forward, that he would endure all the things that he would endure. And Jesus, as a result of all those things in his life, the scripture says that he was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. In other words, Jesus had lots of opportunities to fail, but he didn't. And you have lots of opportunities. You've got lots of things you could identify with, whether you were rejected, abused, something bad happened to you, and you could choose to identify with that and fail because of it. Yeah. Or you can let this cause continue to pull you forward. No matter that what you're going through, no matter where you've come from, this cause keeps you going because it's greater than you. But the great thing about this, even though this cause is greater than all of us, yet all of our us being a part and doing our part in this cause is what makes the cause so great. Yeah. Amen. Jesus knew that that Roman scourge was coming. Jesus knew that he would hang on that cross. But he did it because of this cause. What was that cause? He knew that if he would take that beating, he did it so that you could be healed. That was the cause. That's why he went there. Jesus hung on that cross and bled for our sins because he knew that if he became sin, you would become the righteousness of God in Christ. The cause took him there. The cause held him there. And that he would hang there impoverished by the world's standards, ripped of even his own clothing hanging there naked on that cross, the sin center of the universe, he would become the poor of the poor. Why? So that you would become rich. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you, and knowing what the law said, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He did that, he became that curse so that you would be redeemed from the curse, that you would be redeemed from the curse of the law and the curse of sin and death. And he knew that he would forever be the son of man as well as the son of God so that you, the sons of men, could become the sons of God. It was that cause, that exchange is what caused Jesus to endure. The scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross What was that joy? You were that joy. You were that joy. You are are his reward. Hallelujah. Once you understand the power of Christ's cause in your life, everything begins to fall in its proper place. When you really embrace it for your life, then your marriage, it affects your marriage, it affects everything about you. Your job, the way you raise your kids, your daily decisions. The cause is what gives you strength. The cause, his cause, is what gives you courage. His cause is what causes you to endure. His cause is what causes you to say, I'm going to try it again. It's his cause that compels you and gives you the understanding and the proper perspective on life. And you're not just living by vision. Now, vision's good, but vision without a cause is just personal goals. All right? But a vision attached to a cause Now, that's a powerful thing because vision changes over time because you change, you grow. So therefore, these things change. Vision is something that you possess, but a cause is something that possesses you. It's what gets you up out of bed. It's what motivates you. It's what energizes you. It's what stirs up that passion inside of you. When you know that you were born for his cause, it changes your believing. That is, you don't just believe that when you get sick, you don't just believe for healing so that you'll be better, that you'll feel better. No, you believe for your healing because you know you have a kingdom to advance and you've got a cause to live for. You don't just pray that your business would prosper so that you would be blessed and that you could store up wealth and all those things are good. No, but the cause says... When you're living for the cause, you prosper so that you can help others that you could not help before you started prospering. It all becomes about a legacy then. Listen to this, Romans 12, 4 in the message translation. I like reading this version once in a while. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body. Do you see that? Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body doesn't get its meaning because I'm in the body. I get my meaning because I'm in the body. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1 for a moment. You still with me? Yeah. All right. Football season ain't till August, September, so you guys aren't in any hurry today, are you? Who, who has saved us, verse, verse 9, 2 Timothy 1 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Is the us that's here the us that's in this room? Is this the same us? I so just want to make sure that we're not talking about some other us besides this us. Is this us, this us? Okay, so he has saved us, say so he has saved me, and called us, and called me with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. When did that happen? Not when we were born, but before time began. The the King James says before the world began, same thing. Wow. let's, Let's walk through this backwards a little bit. So before time began, In Christ, God gave to you and I purpose and grace. Not according to our own works. Well, it couldn't be according to our own works. We didn't even exist yet. The world wasn't even here. And yet He saved us, and yet He called us before we were ever even here. Do you understand how this is not about anything that we do? Amen. You're here at this time by His plan, Amen. by His purpose, for His cause. Yeah. Yeah. God. God. It's all a gift from Him. Thank you, Thank and we owe it to Him and to ourselves to stay aware of this and to embrace this cause for our lives, and to not fool ourselves in thinking that we're just living a, our own little life for ourselves. He deserves us to, uh, to connect to and to believe and to acknowledge that it's Him who's given us this life. And our life is not our own, but we've been bought with a price. And this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's plan was put in place long before this world came. And it has gone from generations before us to the generation where we are right here in this moment right now. And it will continue to move forward in generations beyond. Yeah. You. You're saved for more than just going to heaven. Thank God for that. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. Aren't you glad yeah. you're going to heaven? Amen. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. But this says you're saved and called. Your calling has everything to do with what's going on right now in your life. You. Calling has to do with this time on earth. And God enables you to fulfill his purpose by giving you gifts, by giving you talents, and giving you opportunities in this life. Yeah. Thank you. And when you focus on that, and now what I mean by that, that calling, that I mean by that which is in your hand right now, right now. Yeah. Thank you for All right. I want you to see for just a moment, calling, your calling is that which is in your hand and your purpose is that which is in your heart. Okay? Let's let's go to another scripture right quick, Exodus chapter 4. We're starting to bring the plane in for the landing. But you know, sad to say that many see what's in their hand as an obstacle to what's in their heart. When in truth, what's in your hand is the very thing that God will use for you to get what's in your heart. Moses wanted to see the children of Israel delivered. He wanted to see the Hebrews delivered from the captivity of Egypt and from that slavery that they had been in for 400 plus years. And it was backbreaking labor, and the people were, it was a heavy, heavy burden. It was a heavy, heavy oppression. And so, and Moses got caught up in it. So much that one day he saw an Egyptian beating a, one, of his, uh, one of his Hebrew br- brothers. And so Moses runs and gets the guy and beats him to death and then freaks out, realizes that he's murdered this guy. So he buries him in the sand and he runs for his life. 40 years old when he leaves out of Egypt, running for his life. And he spends the next 40 years herding sheep for his father-in-law out in Midian. And he's on the back of the desert one day and he's out there with the sheep. He's 80 years old now. I don't think he probably expected much of his life at this point. He probably wasn't thinking, I have a future and a hope. But he's out there one day, and God shows up in this miraculous way. You know the story that there was a bush caught on fire, but the bush wasn't being consumed by that fire. And Moses said, I will now turn and see. Why does that bush not burn? And as he approached it, the voice of the Lord spoke to him from the bush said, Moses, Moses. And so Moses has this amazing encounter with God, and God tells Moses what Moses had wanted all along—that he's about to deliver the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt. And Moses, "Ah, yeah, finally. And then God tells him how he's going to do it, and what's Moses do? He starts arguing with God. (laughs) He starts arguing with God, telling him, "That's not what I—that's not what I had planned. That's not how I saw this whole thing working out, God." And so we pick up in verse one of Exodus one, uh, Exodus four. Verse 1, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. I love God's answer right here. What is that in your hand? What does that have to do with anything I just asked, Jesus? Suppose they will, well, what's in your hand? Uh, A stick. Can we get on with the conversation? I've got a rod, Lord. And then look what the Lord says. Verse 3, and he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and he became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. So the thing that was in Moses' hand, now he finds himself running from it. These opportunities, these talents, these gifts that God has put in your hand, they are what he has put in your hand. To not overlook, and to not despise, and not to think small of, But understand that he is the one that got them there because he has a purpose to fulfill in you. Moses ran from that which was in his hand. But what was in Moses' hand was going to be the very thing that God would use to bring them out. Look at verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. So then Moses had to pick that rod back up that thing that he had ran from, many of us don't see our gifts or talents or opportunities that God puts in our hands to fulfill his purpose. The rod, that rod, that very same rod, Moses would use that rod and he would strike the, the Nile River with it. And the scripture says, when he did it, that the river turned to blood. That same rod that Moses picked up that he had once run from, that rod that was in his hand, he would stretch it out over the Red Sea. Those waters would part into, and the children of Israel would walk across on dry ground with walls of water on each side of them. That same rod he would strike a rock with in the wilderness, and water would gush out of it to quench the thirst of the people. That rod that was in his hand that he didn't think much of at one time. He came to find out that that would be the thing that would fulfill his purpose. What is it that is in your hand? What is it that maybe you've overlooked and despised? You know, that we live in a time, and I think it's probably every generation, but it seems to be this generation especially, which is a very hopeful generation. But people wanting what they don't have, and not wanting what they do have. Heather and I used to love watching American Idol when it first came out. Y'all remember that show? When it first came out, I thought it was a lot better. It, it, It seemed more real until over time it just kind of became the same thing over and over again. But at first it was pretty exciting. You had Simon Cowell who would just tell them straight up, you know, no filter at all. And they needed that because there were, there were kids that had come in there because mom or grandma told them they could sing and had some friend lie through their teeth to them to make them feel good because they didn't want to hurt their feelings. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, you should go try it on American Idol in front of millions of people on national TV. That'll be really good for you. So they get up there and, and then they hear these judges say, no, 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 no. Don't ever try this again, Ever. You're not talented at all in this. You go do something else, right? And they're devastated. You know, can't believe. Oh, my grandmother said. Well, your grandma lied to you. I'm sorry. That's just not the. It's not the truth. See, you were born for His cause. The way for you to fulfill what is in your heart is to be faithful with what He has put in your hand. When you're always looking past what's in your hand, then you're never going to develop its full potential. You'll never get any closer to what's in your heart by ignoring that which is in your hand. And thinking about this, I thought, why is it that people do that? Why do people tend to do that? Why do they tend to overlook what's in their hand and just focus on their, what's in their heart, that dream? Because what's in your hand involves pressure at times. What's in your hand takes discipline. What's in your hand, you're going to have to be diligent to develop that thing. That's why we don't like that part. What's in the heart is romantic, right? What's in your hand is, is close to you. It's familiar. It's present. It's right now. But what's in your heart is distant and mysterious, What's in your hand unfortunately not unfortunately but you think it's unfortunate because it looks like you. But what's in your heart is what you want to look like. See what's in your hand. Understand that it is the thing that will launch you into what's in your heart. It will help you live in the reality of this cause. Because everything that God does, everyone that God has made, everyone that God has called, everyone that has been conceived and born, has all been by perfect design and perfect plan. But God has given all of us the power of choice whether we will. Go along with this plan or not. But when you get consumed with his cause, his message, this glorious gospel, when that becomes the thing in your life and you let that begin to permeate every area of your life, now you're really living. Then you really leave a legacy. Then you really live a life significant and meaningful in this world. Then you really live life as God has called you to live. Our cause is this. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Everything about our life rises and falls on that message right there. It's all about it. And he's given us this same ministry. He's given us these instruments of a voice and a mouth to declare this news. Because at the end of the day, it's the answer for every man. Heather and I were invited to this banquet on Friday, Friday night or Saturday? Thursday. 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 I had a one in seven chance. Thursday. To to uh, to something we'd never heard of. It's it's an organization called Real Options, and we've been to lots of charity events through the years. People invite us to come to these kinds of things, and a lot of them are very good good things. Good things going on. Good noble causes. But this one really stood out to us, and and we'll be talking about this one. Uh, more down the road because we we want to partner with what they're doing. But we we were sitting at this banquet room full of lots of people. Were there probably about 500 people there? It was a really nice uh, dinner. And so they were giving the reports. And what they do is they help girls uh, rescue them from from uh, um, try to rescue them from having an abortion. And so they 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 have what they call real options. They help you know, talk to them about adoption, talk to them about other means, about how to keep the baby and have support, you know, and all those kinds of things to to really, really love life and 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 appreciate and value life. And uh, as they're talking about all all their statistics of of the babies that that just this past year they had saved, they had helped change a girl's mind to, you know, to go ahead and have the baby and uh, and gave all of these statistics right in the midst of all of it. They showed how many people came to Christ, uh, how many people had turned their lives around. Some, some were believers for the first time, and many had come back to the Lord and, and back into a relationship with God, and, and they believed that the gospel is what they need. God, the gospel is the answer, and I told them, I said, this is what I can, I can go with this right here. They know the real answer. This is the answer, and, and so girls' lives are being changed and they, they can come in for a free screening, a, you know, a free sonogram, STD test, whatever they need. And they've got doctors and nurses there to help them. It's just an awesome organization. And I don't mean just to tout that, but I'm just saying that for the, for, it's one of the rare things, one of those rare causes in the world that knows the real answer, yeah. Yeah. that knows the cause that extends, that started before time began and will be there when time is no more. And that's the cause that we're living for. That's why we named our church One Cause Church, to keep us all remembering one cause, just one cause. It's Jesus. It's the king in his kingdom. Father, thank you for this time together with these lovely people. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you for these who are listening by podcast. Father, I pray that today and every day we would number our days that we may gain wisdom, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom, that we would not trivialize our days, Lord, that we would not think little of, what the thing, of the thing that we have in our hand in this moment right now. We would not think little of our present experience, God, but we would understand that everything about our life was purpose from you. Every day, God, is a gift from you. And, Lord, what we do in that day is our gift back to you. And Father, I thank you for, for helping us to be aware and to embrace this cause, God, to go just beyond bettering ourselves, go just beyond uh, having a vision, but, Father, to burn with this cause so that everything that we do would flow out of that and that we would see those opportunities that you give us and that we would seize those opportunities, big or small. And that the talents and the gifts that you've placed in each and every person, Lord, would come to fruition. Some here know what that is. Some here are still trying to figure it out. And Father, I thank you that you make it known. And that we, Lord, you help us to be diligent. To develop what you've given us. And to do whatever we do as the scripture says with all of our might with everything in us for the Lord knowing that you're our rewarder at the end of the day it's not men it's you help us to remember why we're doing this and who we're doing this for thank you that you remembered us in our brokenness in our sin in our shame and you came and rescued us you came and redeemed us you came and healed us you came and blessed us thank you Lord thank you for that that you were eaten up with this cause help us Lord help us to burn with it to not let this fire grow cold but every day God we get up to immediately connect by saying, thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you that you've given me another day to live for your cause. Thank you, Lord. Bless all that he's here, Lord, and the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, for peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds that we'd only identify not ever with the hurts, not ever with the rejection, not ever, Lord, with the things that have been done to us or the things that we have done, but to only identify with the one who died for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.